Well, I wanted to start tonight, before we get into our text, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, and just give, give a word to our graduates. I really, my whole message tonight is designed for graduates, but I, I have to admit that it, it really is, is uh, applicable to all of us at whatever stage of life you're at. Uh, the Bible is always applicable to all of us, and though this is somewhat geared towards our graduates, uh, I, I think that really we will all find ourselves in the same situation, needing the same truths from God's Word. So Proverbs chapter 3 tonight, we as a youth group have been in a series for the last several months uh, working through the book of Proverbs. Uh, we've been working through a series entitled um, Principles from Proverbs, and then more specifically for the last six weeks, we've been looking at people from Proverbs, and we looked at people like the talebearer, the proud, the wise, the foolish, uh, the sluggard, and, and, and several others. And it's been a fun study. I, I was talking to some of the teenagers about it a few weeks ago, and one of the things about Proverbs, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of floweriness to the book of Proverbs. It's very straightforward. It's, it's black and white. Either you are wise or you are a fool. And there's not a lot of, uh, well, let's, let's paint this as pretty as we can when you're talking about the foolish person. Uh, it really can't be painted that way. And so I, I've enjoyed the series. It's been a little uh, confronting, I think you could say. It's been a little step on the toes. Uh, but we, I think, have really covered some important topics this year uh, that have just come up through the course of studying the book of Proverbs. And tonight will be no different as we engage uh, maybe a familiar passage, but a passage that is fitting for our graduates. Before we get there, I just wanted to say a word to this year's graduates. This is a, the first graduating class that has... Uh, been in my youth group for the entirety of their time in youth group. So uh, I have enjoyed being their youth pastor since they were lowly seventh graders. I'm not sure if you remember that. I do remember some of you as seventh graders. Um, a little more energy for a few of you. Some of you still haven't lost the energy. Um, I'm not going to name names, by the way. I might get in trouble if I did that. But I was, I was just at an event with our graduating uh, seniors a couple of days ago, what, what, uh, four days ago, right? Five days ago, I'm looking for head shakes. There we go. Okay, five days ago, we, we did a grad getaway uh, at West Campus. We had about 25 or so teenagers at our grad getaway. And, and I got to tell you, it was such a blessing as a youth pastor to sit and listen to them talk about the benefits of youth group, the things they enjoyed about youth group, and how many of them kept coming back to the, the way God had grown them in their spiritual journey and the way that they had developed in their faith. And uh, just encouraging for our youth staff, too, that were there. Uh, some of our youth staff were there, not all of them. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for this graduating class. If I were to give them some, uh, some distinctness to this year's class, uh, this class has in some ways been incredibly energetic, but at the same time, they're incredibly sensitive. Um, kindness, quiet leadership in that they're influencing our youth group in just incredibly encouraging ways. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a senior this year sitting next to an underclassman in youth group or, or playing a game before a youth group with an underclassman. And to me, that just does my heart wonders to know that our, our older upperclassmen are investing in the underclassmen as well. And so just a, a I, I don't know that that's unique from any of our other classes, but I certainly was more aware of it this year. And so thank you seniors for your involvement in our youth group this year and all the years that you've been in our youth group. We sure do love you. And I hope that you'll one more time open the word with us tonight 
and take some thoughts from the book of Proverbs. So we're in Proverbs chapter 3, and let's just jump right into our text, and uh, let's look at verses 1 through 6. Again, familiar verses, but I think we'll find some very clear directives here about how God desires for each of us to grow in our faith, and that's kind of a theme over at Campus Church Youth, CCY. Uh, our theme is we want to help you take that next step in your walk with Christ, and I think we're going to find some very specific ways that we can grow in our faith here in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, my son forget not my law but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee that's an interesting statement you know if someone offered you long life and peace and then they said and, and the way to get that is I think we would all pay attention so let's not miss that it says that if we would not forget the law of God oh, I'm getting to my sermon there a little bit but it's just a powerful statement for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee Okay, verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. What a wonderful passage. I, I think you may see even what we were talking about, about the book of Proverbs from this text. There's just so many good, powerful statements in the book of Proverbs, and this one is no different. So tonight, I'd like for us just to evaluate a couple ways that we can grow in our faith with God. So the first step to growing your faith is by believing God's word. And so if you look at those first four verses, that's really what it's all about. In verse one, it says, forget not my law, keep my commandments. Then in verse three, it says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. So it's a theme that we find throughout these first few verses. Really, if we believe in God's word, what we will find is it's often connected to obedience to his commands. I'm, look at what it says. It says, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Then verse 3, it says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So what we find is that really in, in the Christian life, this is nothing new to us, but it's a great reminder. In the Christian life, belief in God is often demonstrated through our obedience to God's commands. Think about it, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, a, another passage that speaks to something similar. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, the whole matter of life that is. Fear God and keep his commandments. Then Jesus said in John 14, 15, a passage we talk about quite often in youth group, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then further on in the chapter in verse 21, it says, he that, hath my, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So we often draw this conclusion over at CCY, a belief not practiced is not a belief at all. And what we're saying with that statement or what, what we're trying to emphasize is we can say what we believe, but if we don't live in that way, then we don't really believe that. Well, Proverbs chapter 3 is helping encourage us that true faith in God, true belief in God is demonstrated through our obedience to his commands, through our lifestyle that represents that which God commands in his word. So how can we say that we believe God if we don't obey the instructions that he's given us in his word? And essentially, that's what we're finding right away in verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 3. Not only is believing God's word connected to obedience to his commands, but it's also, this is kind of a no-brainer, I guess, but it's also done in the heart. I think it's important for us to evaluate that. It says in verse 1, it says, let thine heart keep my commandments. Then in verse 3, it says, write them upon the table of thine heart. 
And certainly this is also seen elsewhere in Scripture. We think about Romans 10, 9. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And then uh, in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So in other words, what we do and what we say really comes from what we believe, which takes place at the heart level. In a culture that says, do whatever your heart leads you to do. What we, what we have highlighted many times in this Proverbs series is that God says, don't trust your heart. That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. So don't trust your heart, but what we do understand is at the heart level is where we believe God. We choose to believe him over ourselves. What we believe is what we put in in many ways. So are you putting in the word of God? Are you spending time investing into the inner man, what you really believe on the inside? Are you thinking on the things of God? Are you meditating on the word of God? Joshua 1.8, where we are encouraged to meditate on the word of God. Okay, well, one final thought. We have to move quickly, as we often do in CCY. But uh, moving quickly, one final thought. There is rewards to believing in God's word. There is rewards to it. Look at verse 2. It says, length of days, I highlighted this a moment ago, length of days and long life and peace shall they add to the You say, well, how can I have peace in the circumstances that I live in? Well, are you spending time in God's word? Are you allowing the word of God to provide the peace that you need? Verse 4 says, another product is that so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. When we walk with God every day, when we spend time in his word every day, we find the answers we need for life. And what that does is it provides us to have a good standing with God and a right standing with man. Because we find the instructions of God's word to be true in every situation that we find ourselves in. So you say, well, how do I live life? <laughs> Open the word of God and begin studying and then applying to the way that you live. And it's amazing how when you walk day by day in the word of God, he provides just what you need for that day. Okay, so the first step really to growing our faith in Proverbs chapter 3 is to believe in God's word. But our second step tonight is found by choosing to believe in God's plan. So I think this is a natural byproduct of the first. If I'm believing in God's word, then I will trust God's plan for my life. I will trust his guidance for my life. I will follow where he leads me. I trust him as my guide when I am in his word because I find him and I find the characteristics of who he is and that he is trustworthy. And then I will follow where he leads. So what we find is we find in verses five and six just a very clear statement that we ought to believe in God's plan. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So first of all, I just wrote, trust him completely. <laughs> I know that's somewhat simple, but all means all and that's all, all means. That's what my pastor used to say growing up. Uh, my, when I was very young, I remember him saying that quite often. All means all and that's all, all means. And in this case, we need to trust the Lord with all of our heart. Psalm 119.10 says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. There's no half-heartedness in the Christian life. We ought, to, we ought to jump both feet in, so to speak. It's that trust that, that is, is fully reliant upon. All my confidence is in. 
And it reminds me of uh, when I was a very small child. I was, uh, I think I was about six, maybe seven years old. Uh, we went to the beach for a week. And we actually, we went the week after a hurricane, which here in Pensacola, we're very familiar with hurricanes. It was Hurricane Fran. And it was a big hurricane there in North Carolina. And we weren't sure if we were even going to have a beach house to go to. I remember my, my mom calling and not being able to get through back when, you know, you used a landline and such. And uh, so we finally got through. And they said, oh, yes, your house is here. It's got a tarp on the roof, but come on. And so we went for a week right after the hurricane. Well, what that meant was the, the ocean was very disturbed. We, we would understand that here in Pensacola. And so uh, my brother and I, one, one afternoon, we were out uh, throwing a football around in knee-deep water. We were just, you know, barely in the, the edge of the ocean, so to speak. And I got swept out to sea. Uh, I got caught in a rip current. And as a six-year-old, I was swimming as hard as I could. And I remember my mom doing this, come back in. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> And uh, so one of the guys on the beach, he jumped in and he swam out to me. And I remember, I remember my mom had told us, you know, I'm six years old, so you, you're not really paying super close attention to all the instruction you had for swimming in the open ocean, right? You know, you, you thought I would always swim in the pool. <laughs> and here I am in the op open ocean and I'm trying to swim. And I, but I remembered if you go down three times, you won't come back up. And I don't know why. I don't even know if that's true. I just remember hearing it, right? So I, I remember going down the first time and thinking, it's okay, I still have two more to go, you know? <laughs> and I do, I don't know if it's a true statement or not. I should probably ask somebody if that's a true statement. But anyhow, so I went down the second time and I remember coming back up thinking, I don't know how much longer I can really stay up. And that guy finally, a dad, he finally reached me. And I remember just jumping on him. He didn't even say anything. He didn't like offer to rescue me. <laughs> I just saw him and I jumped on him. And I'm hugging him like there was no tomorrow. And you know, it's interesting. That's kind of the picture that I'm, I'm trying to give us here. When, when God says, trust us completely, it's that idea of I have no other hope but you. And uh, obviously, I'm standing here today, so we were rescued. I'll leave the rest of the story for another time. But uh, I also was reminded here with this idea of trusting God completely that sometimes it's not as easy as it sounds. But we just sang a song a few moments ago, You Are Always Good. And in, in the chorus, there's a phrase that says, Though my eyes can't see, help my heart believe. Trusting with all your heart sometimes means that you don't completely understand everything that's going on but I will trust the one who has it all in his control. And so young people, as you step out into the next phase of life, as you take that next step in your life as graduates, my prayer is that every step that you take, you will take it fully reliant on Jesus Christ. And that would be my prayer for all of us, that as we come to the conclusion of one day and start another day and really throughout every day, would, would we be fully reliant on our Savior? trust him completely he has proved himself trustworthy and then we find in verse 5 it says trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding so not only should we trust him completely but we should not trust ourselves don't lean on your own understanding don't trust your own heart it's so easy to be lifted up in pride. It's so easy to trust your own knowledge and skills and experience. And, and young people as graduates, sometimes you think, I am, I'm so much older and wiser and I have graduated from high school. And the reality is that all of us fall far short of our Heavenly Father. And so we should trust in Him rather than ourselves. God is asking us to trust Him for His knowledge rather than our own. God is asking you to trust Him. After all, He is the one who created you. Haven't we all, at some point in our life, tr trusted our own path 
and then ended in disaster and realized we should have trusted the wise counsel of, of maybe a, an authority figure or someone else in the church that encouraged us, and yet we chose to go our own path. I remember as a sophomore in high school, I, I really wanted to play football, and now, granted, I know I'm, I'm not as uh, small as I once was, but I, I was a, a mere 130 pounds as a sophomore in high school if, if I was holding my book bag. So um, my, my dad said, no, I don't want you to play football. You're too small. You're going to get hurt. I just don't have a good feeling about it. And I begged and I pleaded and, I, and shamefully so, I think I even shed a few tears over it. And I convinced my father that it was okay for me to play football. And on the very first night of our very first home game, I guess that's a night, uh, our first home game, I, I was involved in a play where I was trying to deflect a pass and I pulled the receiver down on top of me and when he landed on top of me, he broke my jaw at my TMJ joint. And I remember on the way home, we didn't even fully know what had happened yet. My face was real swollen and black and blue. And I remember my dad saying, Charles, it's my fault because the Holy Spirit told me not to let you play football. And I never forgot that lesson. Listen, God uses people in your life to help guide you and to, he uses them to help you make decisions. And so young people, as you graduate, though your parents may not legally have authority over you any longer, I pray that you always listen to their wise counsel. I, I pray that as, as people of this church, we listen to the counsel of God's word and the counsel of fellow believers. I, I pray that we listen to the guidance that God is giving us rather than lifting ourselves in pride and doing our own thing. What we find in verse 6 is just that really encouraging, we had the negative, don't do this, don't trust yourself, and then we have this re really encouraging final reminder, and that is that in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalm 37 reminds us of a similar statement in, in verses 3 through 5, it says, trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And then in Psalm 119, we find thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if we will walk with the Lord, if we will spend time with him, if we allow ourselves to trust fully in him, if we don't trust ourselves, what we find is that God will show us the way we should go. He promises to use his word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, God desires not that we walk and stumble about in darkness. He, he desires to provide us with a very clear path. The question is, are you walking with him so that you can see the path that he is providing for you? If we will walk with the Lord, his word will guide us in major and minor decisions in life. And so what we found tonight is that if we want to grow in our walk with the Lord, truly we ought to believe in him more every day. And we do so by believing in his word. And then his plans just follow right in line. What we find is that God's plan for our life is not this mystery. It's not something challenging for us to discover. Because what we need is today. We need guidance today. And if we will walk with God, he will provide for us each and every step of the way. And so graduates, I hope that you'll do that. I hope that every day you'll wake up and you'll, you'll open your Bible and you'll allow the word of God to speak to your heart. I pray that you will stay faithful to the Lord in your personal quiet time. And what I know to be true of God is that he will provide for you. He will guide you in every step of the way.